Okay. Good to go. All right. Well, should we start with a word of prayer? Uh, dear Father in heaven, we thank you, Lord, for this time that we have together, and we uh, ask, Lord, as we uh, do this, that we may be honoring and glorifying to you, and may you uh, be present with us. In thy wonderful and gracious name we pray, amen. Okay, today I uh, just wanted to do uh, question 24 on Lord's Day 8 with the Heidelberg Catechism found on page 15. And it's uh, simply, uh, how are these articles divided into three parts? God the Father, our creation. God the Son, our deliverance. God the Holy Spirit, our sanctification. And actually, I just wanted to um, break it down to uh, God the Father, and then maybe next week, the Son, and then following week, maybe the Spirit. Um, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do justice in the time we have, but I, um, I think a lot of times that when we look at uh, uh, God the Father, uh, a, lot of, uh, a lot of times when we meet other people, they have this, this um, vision of him of just being the God of love, and, and they stay there. Is that wrong? I mean, he is the God of love, right? Nobody else uh, even can compare to him in the amount of love that he has and, um, and, and shows. But I think too many people, uh, especially in, in the world today, they like to stay in that God is love camp. You know, it's nice there. Uh, I can do what I want. I can live here. And uh, God is love, so he'll forgive me for everything I do. I'm not... Uh, overly responsible for everything. And the trouble is with that is that when we think of God in a, a one-dimensional way like that, we're really not praising God as he is. We're praising a God of one, one dimension. It's like a, a football player. You know, if he's really good on the, on the field and you praise him for that, but maybe he does other things off the field like he... Um, volunteers and, and does the soup kitchen and stuff like that, you're not seeing him in his full light. Or it could be the opposite way that he uh, isn't very a nice, very nice man off the field. And you look at him in a one-dimensional way, and I think too many times that um, nowadays we do that with God. And a lot of people, uh, I, I would say, uh, infant believers, um, wannabe Christians, atheists, always picture God as being old. Is God old? What do you think? He's lived for centuries. Is he? So we have this vision of him as being... Yeah, a day is like a thousand years. He is ancient of days. Is he, uh, I, I, a couple of weeks ago I said, compared him to like Santa Claus. Does he, you think he looks like Santa Claus? Do you think he's an old man with a beard? What's that? He doesn't age. Why is that? Why do we age? Because we're sinners, right? And that's what, he's, that was part of our punishment. We will learn to, to go old and, and, and uh, die. 
Right. We, which we are. Because time, time really started with mankind. Correct? As we know it. So, good. So does God have a body, do we think? Does he have a physical body? God the Father. No. So when we say he created us in his own image, what does that mean? If he doesn't have a body, how can we be created in his image? And that's found in Genesis 1, 1 and 2. In the beginning God created the heavens and earth, and the earth was out void, without form and void, the darkness over the face of the deep depths, and the Spirit of the God was hovering over the face of waters. Matthew Henry says that the image of God was something of like a reflection. Whereas we, as far as the physical, that, um, that if we were to see God in a mirror or something like that would reflect kind of how we are. And I thought that was an interesting way of putting it. But, um, but we know from our other weeks that we are not created. When, we, when God says we, in our image. Uh, Genesis 1.26, God said, let us make man in our image and after our likeness. Who is he speaking with, do you think? Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Very good, Mom. So... Say that again, Mom. Yeah, so we, he knew that the son was going to be born and, uh, in our image and probably made us in that image as well. Or he did make us in that image as well. Um, and we talked the other week that angels... Um, are not created in our image. They are different. Um, a lot of, so we know that that's not the R in there. Um, and it's believed that angels are neither male or female. Whereas man was created, so God created his own image, and male and female, he created them.
and actually that's what I'm going to get into next is that type of thing. Um, but as far as the physical, um, and I don't have any biblical proof, but in my mind, I would not have, if I'm a dog, I would not create my son as a cat. I would create him as a dog like the rest of us, right? So I would think there has to be some type of similarities in the physical sense as well as um, our image as, as, the, um, as the rest of us, the inside of us. that we'd be able to do a choice? You mean? Or, or the knowledge of good and evil? Yeah. But did we? Or did we not know good and evil until after we took of the fruit? That we're able to do to think. The sin wasn't necessarily the fruit as much as it was disobeying the order, the, 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 the law. The So you believe that Adam and Eve knew right from wrong prior to the fall? Yeah, sounds like how I grew up. Only my dad knew I couldn't jump very high, so. So, Matthew Henry, Matthew Henry also says the image of God was, is also our souls. Uh, authority over land and animals. 
and also the knowledge of good and righteousness. Those three things is what he contributes to the image of God. But if we're also in the image of God, should we, should, can it be said or should we believe that being created in God's image, we would also include emotions? And I, I think that could be, could be um, added to that. Uh, Berkeley University and others agree that there are six emotions. Happiness, sadness, anger, surprise, fear, and disgust. And actually, Berkeley goes further than that, and they said that there's 27 emotions. They showed a film, and they watched people as they're watching this film. And they came up with admiration, adornment, appreciation, amusement, anger, anxiety, awe, awkwardness, boredom, calmness, confusion, craving, disgust, ethepic pain, entrancement, excitement, fear, horror, interest, joy, nostalgia, relief, romance, sadness, satisfaction, sexual desire, and surprise. <laughs> I thought that was interesting. But can it be true that, that we do share some of the emotions with God? Isn't that part of being in his image as well? Don't we do that when we pray? Do what? Well, I think that's showing that um, our need for him but do we, does it help us understand God if we have some of the same emotions? Is it, is, it, is it right for us to think that God has some emotions? And I, I got to believe that, yes, but I don't think all the emotions. Fear, for an example, and surprise, is that two things that God would actually have? Because he knows all things, and he's, what's, he, what's, what's God going to fear, Right? But what, what emotions do you think we do have, like, with God? Anger? Anger's a big one. <laughs> yeah. Why do you find comfort in that? Why do you feel comfort in the fact that we have some, that we can understand that God has anger? It, it, br it brings a relatable relationship, doesn't it? 
we're not on his level by any chance, but we can at least feel some, somewhat what he feels. I, I want to say that I think that disgust, sadness, and anger kind of coincide with each other. If you're, sad, if you're disgusted about something, you're probably sad about it. And if you're disgusted about it, it's going to bring some type of anger, whether something didn't go right with for you or, or whatever. Um, there's, uh, I found a couple of different uh, passages for disgust. Uh, Leviticus 18.21, uh, women having sex with animals and man with man. Um, Ezra 9 verse 1, uh, disgusting practices that the people were doing. And anger, I found quite a few of them. And that's just in the first couple um, books of the Bible. Uh, Deuteronomy 7.4, serving other gods. Genesis 6, 5 through 6, God regretting that he made man. Um, Exodus 4, verse 14, the Lord's anger rose against Moses because he didn't want to stand up, so he had to get his brother Aaron, right? Uh, Numbers 32, 13, and he made them uh, in, wander in the wilderness for 40 years. Uh, Deuteronomy 9, verse 7, and the golden calf arose his anger. And then uh, 1 Corinthians 13, 1 Corinthians 13, God kills Ezra for touching the ark, right? And then Deuteronomy 6.15, God is a jealous God and his anger burned against you. So we could actually add jealousy into one of his emotions too, right? That's said several times that God is a jealous God. And um, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and that whole process and in, in that book just keeps going and going, right? They're good. They repent. They're bad. Um, uh, God against. Um, Miriam and, and, and against Moses, uh, right? Shows that God's uh, anger burnt like, like kindling. And I think that shows uh, the other part of God that, we, you know, the, the God of love that we talked about before. This shows that he's a just God too, right? Because all those angers ended up in some type of a punishment and, and some type of a... Uh, Re, uh, what do you want to call it? That punishment, I guess. Sometimes our kid does something, we punish him one way, 
and maybe the next time he does the exact same thing and we might not punish him exactly the same. But with God, his punishments are always the same, aren't they? They're always justified. Like we, they're always just. And we studied that a few weeks ago when we talked about man's misery, man's sin, and that God's light can have no darkness. So any part of darkness is going to be, is going to be punished. Samson. To Delilah and, and told her the secret that he wasn't. God, yeah, right. But he did have his punishment. He lost his strength. He lost his right, his sight. Um, what about? You don't feel like all the punishments are the same. Do you f- <laughs> do, do you think Well, I think something that we have to add to that equation is that we really don't know the heart of the person either. Where was their heart? during this? Was, is it in the same, if, if two people stole something, is their heart in the same realm or is one darker than the other? So would the punishment be different? You know what I mean? And, we can't see that. And if Aaron does something wrong, your first approach is this way might be different, but she's got a 27 Right. Yeah, if she didn't clean her room once, that's one thing. If she continues not to do it, that's another thing. And do we have all those stories in the Bible when it comes to those type of things? We don't really know. You know, like when it comes to David's sin and stuff, you know, um, we know his sin was Bathsheba, but we don't know if that was something that was something he was struggling with before. It, it degrades from his suffering and his sacrifice, his ultimate sacrifice, right? Excuse me, good. Uh, what about laughter? Is laughter something that God has? Do you think God has a sense of humor? What's that? I think he does. There's one passage, uh, Psalm... Psalm 51 is the only psalm, it's the only passage really that I, I know of 
And really, it's just uh, David talking in his, his, his psalms, right? His poet. Refrain from, this is Psalm 37. Uh, refrain from anger, forsake wrath. Fret not yourself. It tends to only to evil. For the evildoers shall be cut off, but those who wait for the Lord shall inherit the land. In just a little while, the wicked will be no more. Though you look carefully at his place, he will not be there. But the meek shall inherit the land and delight themselves in abundant peace. The wicked plots against the righteous and gnashes his teeth at him. But the Lord laughs at the wicked for seeing this day is his coming. That doesn't really say that God is have a sense of humor, basically, as it is like David writing a poem, does it? Or does it? Mocking, right? It's not, it's, it's, right. But it kind of, it's just more of a, not really a, a bellyful laugh, if you will. But what would happen if God's sense of humor was put into the Bible? And I guess, <laughs> but I think, I think the reason that we don't see God's uh, laughter put in the Bible like we see his anger is because I think people would misinterpret that as being, oh, God's just joking about this, or God's just joking about that. I think it would be misconstrued that people would take Bible passages then and say, oh, God must be kidding, right? That's my opinion. I don't really have proof. What's that? What I'm saying is that people would probably misconstrued the Scriptures as being a joke or whatever. And, of course, there's uh, not everything we think is funny, I, is God thinks is funny, right? Of course, joking in the same. I think so. Yeah, I think if you had. <laughs> Who wasn't very much of a clown at that point? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I truly believe that that laughter is and, and sense of humor is something that we share with God as well. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think if you're going to have joy, there's going to be some type of laughter there. If you have a get-together and, and you're having a joyous time, you're, there's going to be laughter and, and, and sharing, don't you think? 
Good. Any other emotions that I'm missing that we share with God, the Father? Pride. Yep. Luke 2, 22. There's prideful and there's boastful, right? Yeah. Or, or arrogant pride that leads to boastlessness. That doesn't mean that we can't be uh, proud at the same time, right? Yeah. So, yeah, I think, I think satisfied, but there, there's, I, I think there can be a bad pride and a good pride, too, you know. Um, God is also, he, uh, when he created light, Genesis 1, verse 4, and he was well pleased. Uh, Numbers 28, the fragrance of the sacrifices was pleasing to the Lord. Psalm fifty-one seventeen, a broken spirit pleases God. And the one that Dawn mentioned, Luke 22, 2, this is my son to whom I am well pleased. So I think there, there can be a happiness and, and a, a pride. What else do we share with God, do you think, is emotion-wise? Sadness? Disgust? Right? Good. But when we talk about God the Father, we also talk about him being omnipotent, which is all-powerful, omnipresent, always present, ever-present, right? Omniscience, all-knowing, omnibenevolent, which is always giving, right? All good, God giving, God's, God's grace. Grace, right? Which was the last four that I mentioned. <laughs> Yeah, I agree. No. Definitely, we don't show everything that God has, right? We don't have, we're not, we're not even close to being his equal. What about, is God a shape shifter? Can he take on any form that he wants, or does he? I bring up the story of Jacob in Genesis 32, 22 to 32. In the same night, he arose and took his two wives and two female servants and his 11 children and crossed the ford of the Jabbok. He took them and sent them across the stream with everything else he had, and Jacob was left alone. And a man wrestled with him until the break of day. 
And when he saw the man, he did not prevail against Jacob, but touched his hip socket. And Jacob's hip socket was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, let me go, for the day has broke. But Jacob said, I will not let you go until you bless me. And he said, what is your name? And he said, Jacob. And he says, your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel. For you have striven with God and with man and have prevailed. So, we talked about God not having a physical body, but here he wrestles with Jacob. Can God take on different forms? Don says yes. Is it possible that it's not totally God, but God's spirit, or, or God acting through an angel? I can't, no, sorry. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Just God's fingers on his throat, right? Through Baal, yeah. Through him, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, I think it's, uh, I think, too, it has to do more with, with Jesus and the Son than, than God the Father. But it's hard to tell. And, and that's where the Trinity comes in, and hopefully uh, we'll get into that as we go here. And then the last thing I had was, of course, the, uh, the story of Job. I think that uh, shows God's s- supreme, um, how, he, how he has control over everything and, and how he even controls the devil himself. So, all right. Any other comments or shall we pray?
Dear gracious Lord in heaven, we thank you, Lord, that you are who you are. We ask, Lord, that you give us insight to who you are and that we may um, study you and, and that we are um, most fortunate to have you as our God and Father. And um, we thank you for this time. In thy name we pray. Amen.